This is WQA Radio, a podcast from the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Three, two, one. And hello, I'm your host, Wes Bleed. And I'm going to talk about how we got to this moment. I'm going to give people a little bit of background on the last few decades of the water sector's interactions with Washington, but I promise this will not be boring. That's May Stevens, the keynote speaker who will help kick off the WQA convention and exposition in Las Vegas next month. And welcome to WQA Radio, the weekly podcast of the Water Quality Association, promoting better water quality around the world. This is episode number 309. Joining us for the first time, welcome. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss a show. That's the magic of podcasting. And be sure to share it with someone you know. We're publishing this on March the 8th of 2023. Find us at wqa.org on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. In this episode, we are joined by Mae Stevens, the Senior Vice President of Banner Public Affairs, WQA's new government affairs firm in Washington. May will present a State of the Union for the water industry at the keynote session of the WQA convention coming up April 18th through the 20th in Las Vegas. She'll talk about the recent infrastructure bill, how this is a unique moment in Washington for the water industry, and what the political landscape looks like over the next few years. Plus, we'll have our motivational minute and WQA tip. Now on to May Stevens, our keynote speaker on WQA Radio. We're excited in this episode of WQA Radio to have the keynote speaker at this year's WQA convention. She is a policy expert with more than a decade of experience in the water infrastructure space in Washington. She is May Stevens, and she joins us now on the podcast. May, so glad to have you with us. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. This is really fun. Yeah, we are excited about having you as the keynote speaker. As I mentioned, that's coming up April 18th in Las Vegas at the WQA convention. So just to kick things off, tell us about yourself. And uh, I should have mentioned that you are the senior vice president at Banner Public Affairs, WQA's new government relations firm in Washington. So tell us about yourself and Banner. Yes. Um, well, as you said, I'm Mae Stevens. Um, I'm a senior vice president. I'm also the chair of the water infrastructure pa- practice at Banner Public Affairs. Um, Banner is a contract public affairs firm. So um, as chair of the water practice, I work with clients all over the water sector, from some of the largest utilities in the U.S. to nonprofits that work with some of the smallest communities, engineering firms, trade associations like WQA, um, and large philanthropic foundations. Um, and I work with all of our clients to, you know, basically uh, accomplish their goals in Washington. Um, as a public affairs firm, Banner has a lot of tools in the tool shed to help clients from you know lobbying and strategic intelligence and tracking and securing federal funding and starting and running coalitions and running conferences, working with the press, designing websites, running digital ads around a specific issue. Now, 
Obviously, not all of our clients need all of these tools all at once, but I came to Banner because I know that to get legislation passed in Washington, to influence a regulation, to get federal funding, I really wanted my clients to have a comprehensive suite of tools at their disposal. Now, I'm not an expert in all of these things, obviously. Um, I am a water policy person, so I try to stick to lobbying and the regulatory side, but I lead a team of absolutely tremendous folks who have a ton of experience specializing in all of these different things that I just mentioned. That's fantastic. And you've been at it for a while, I, uh, I, I know. And so tell us about how your background developed so that you are in the spot where you are today. Uh, well, that's a great question. So I started working on water policy when I worked for Senator Cardin of Maryland. Um, I was a senior staffer on all environment, infrastructure, agriculture, energy issues. It was a big portfolio, lots of stuff going on. Um, but it covered his responsibilities on the Environment and Public Works Committee. Um, he's a uh, second mo uh, most senior Democrat on the committee, and he's the top Democrat on the Water Infrastructure Subcommittee. So I wrote the legislation um, responding to the Flint water crisis and the 2,000 other communities all over the country that have too high levels of lead in their water. Um, that was the WIN Act in 2016. And then I wrote the next water infrastructure bill in 2018. Um, I also wrote the first ever low-income assistance program um, for the U.S., so that's exciting. Um, it was a bill that we introduced in Senator Cardin's office, didn't get passed until uh, recently in the Bipartisan Infrastructure Act, um, but, you know, it was, a, it was uh, exciting to start that process. Um, and then, you know, I, in 2019, I decided to leave the Hill um, early in 2019 to focus on water infrastructure specifically. You know, with that big portfolio, I had to work on a lot of different issues. That's just how it is when you work on the Hill. But I was really drawn to water infrastructure specifically um, because of the tremendous possibilities to get things done in this space, unlike a lot of other issues in my portfolio. So water is such a bipartisan issue. My bills passed... Um, a 97 to 2, a 99 to 1. You just don't get those kind of vote counts unless you're naming a post office in the Senate. So I was, I thought it was a really compelling issue. And, you know, it, 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 there's a lot of possibility to get things done, but it's also a really compelling issue. Working in the water space, you see the real world impact of what you're working on, the impact in people's lives. So I left the Hill specifically to focus on this. And I guess, you know, the rest is history because here I am. That's fantastic. I mean, I could think of all kinds of questions about writing legislation and what's the biggest challenge. And, you know, I can just imagine all of the different uh, hoops that you have to jump through to get everybody together in a room and talking together. And as you say, if, if water is bipartisan, then, you know, in this day and age of such sharp differences that we see so much in the news, that must be really a, a, a positive thing and, and an exciting thing to work on. It is. It absolutely is. Um, I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up um, halfway between Detroit and Flint, actually. And so I think it's a little bit in my Midwestern blood to just want to find the places where we could all get along and then work there. Um, and I really just, uh, it was really, um, you know, I was very fortunate to be sort of in the right office at the right time when the Flint crisis happened that I could actually help communities near where I grew up. Um, and so, you know, and then to see that everybody had such a, you know, such a bipartisan response to it. Obviously, there's a lot, you know, the devil's in the details. There was a lot of negotiation that happened. It wasn't very easy to get that bill passed. But the fact that we got it, you know, such a good vote count, so many um, people supporting it um, was really tremendous. And it really opened my eyes to the possibilities of what we can work on um, 
in Washington in the water sector. Well, we'll be talking more about some of these things and then uh, looking forward to your keynote uh, presentation on that first day of the WQA convention at the keynote session on April 18th in Las Vegas at Caesars Forum. And you can find out more at WQA.org slash convention. So I wanted to sneak that little plug in in case somebody uh, is interested even now. May even now clicking on that website and uh, and registering for convention. So um, let's talk about your keynote. You uh, are going to talk about the state of the union for water issues and the industry. Tell us about that. Yes. Well, I would love it if people registered. So please click that button and join me. I would love to see you there. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk the state of the union um, for water issues. Um, and I'm going to talk about how we got to this moment. I'm going to give people a little bit of background on the last few decades of the water sector's interactions with Washington, but I promise this will not be boring. Um, I'm going to go into, you know, I'm going to use this to sort of frame up the tremendous amount of federal investment in water infrastructure over the last few years. And then I'm going to talk about where we are as an industry now and where we need to go in the future. Um, I truly believe that this is water's moment. The state of the water uh, sector is strong, um, but only if we are able to seize this moment. And that, I think, is what is the most important part is seizing the moment. Well, that's encouraging. I love that because sometimes you can boil down a simple uh, concept. What is the state of the union? And you say it's strong. Why do you say that? Um, I think it's strong because I think there is a lot of understanding about how important this issue is and the bipartisanship that we are talking about. Um, I think that members of Congress on both sides of the aisle are really looking to um, get, uh, you know, do things that that invest in their communities and improve the lives of the people in their communities. And if we can just tell them what that what that is, then they are very interested in hearing about it and they're very interested in doing something about it. So we just have to get out there and talk to them. But I think uh, we're I think it's very strong. I think we're we're in a good spot. And yet I'm sure it's not without its challenges. Right. So I can imagine funding still being an issue or at least a question mark, a challenge. Uh, what is let me just ask you flat out, what do you think the biggest challenge is when it comes to either water policy or regulatory environment in Washington these days? Well, I think the single biggest challenge the water sector has right now is seizing this moment to make permanent the recent massive federal investment in water infrastructure. We need a tremendous amount of investment in uh, in water in the U.S. The most recent estimates are that we need about $1 trillion it, that's with a T trillion in federal investment over the next 20 years just to bring our water systems into a state of good repair. This doesn't include emerging threats like climate change and PFAS, which we all know are going to be very expensive and, you know, a lot bigger of a problem in the future than they are today, even though they are a big problem today. Um, combine this with the fact that income inequality is growing. And that's bad for all of us. Even folks who think that they are you know, very financially comfortable. Um, income inequality, it, growing income inequality is really bad for us because if you get your water from a public water utility, like the vast majority of Americans do, that means that a growing number of people in your community are going to have a harder and harder time paying their water bills. And that's going to have effect on the quality and reliability of water for everyone who uses that system. And then in addition, and this may blow your mind, there are more than 2 million people in this country who do not have access to running water or modern sanitation in their homes. These are people who have homes, but who do not have running water or modern sanitation. 
And that number is growing in the United States. It's 2023. This is the United States. That is completely unacceptable. Um, the bipartisan infrastructure law passed in November 2021, so just about a year and a half ago, was the largest ever investment in water infrastructure in the history of the United States. It was $55 billion over five years. That is fantastic, but it's only about 5% of the $1 trillion that we actually need. So we should be really proud of what we have accomplished in the last couple of years, but we still have a long way to go, and we can't let that money get to the end and run out without continuing it on because we really need that increase in investment. And that's really where our industry comes in because, you know, so often when we hear talk of, well, it's going to cost this much to do all of the different kinds of investment and repair that we need, we, the WQA, uh, the uh, the association, the industry, the members, really have these point of use, point of entry solutions which can come in and at a very affordable price, comparatively speaking, uh, provide some of the solutions that can help with that water quality that we're all looking for. So that, uh, you know, that's good news as well. Even when you think about uh, where's that challenge and where's that good news? Yeah, absolutely. You guys are providing the solution to a lot of these problems. And I think it's really, you know, a service that you guys are providing to the country. So it's great. Um, yeah. And we really need to do a lot to encourage it because I think it's really, I mean, obviously everybody that works in this sector knows, you know, we're working to make sure that people have safe, reliable, affordable water, water, right? Um, and so it's really important to make sure that we, that we have those tools to be able to provide that to folks. So yes, very excited that WQA is in this space. Well, when it comes to Washington, give us your uh, outlook for the next one, two, maybe even three years. I know that three years is a little too long in terms of uh, the political time frame, right? Because <laughs> you will have another election in 2024. And, and just that when you think about it, it's right around the corner. But just overall, kind of, what is your outlook as you, you, you look at that next couple of years? Yeah, well, I think a lot is happening in Washington in the next couple of years. You are right. There will be an election uh, in um, a little less than two years. It seems like we just had the last election. And now we're doing another one. Um, but that means that there's a lot going to happen in it before that. And then, you know, right after right after the election, there's usually a lot of a lot of uh, push to get things done. So, um, you know, in the short term, EBA is expected to regulate PFAS and PFOA in drinking water this year. And we know that point of use, point of entry products um, can help with this effort. And WQA members are leading the way on making the very best products that deal with those chemicals. Um, there's going to be a lot of communities that find out that they have very unsafe levels of PFAS in their water in a very sh short few months. Um, and it's going to take years and maybe, honestly, decades to deal with this issue because of all of the construction that's going to need to happen, right? So, you know, that stuff isn't, you know, putting in additional filters or reverse osmosis isn't instant. Um, and so we're going to need, you know, we're going to need some temporary solutions in the meantime. Um, and then, you know, in the meantime, you know, after that, um, EPA is going to be looking to regulate even more of these chemicals in the near future. There's thousands of chemicals in this class. EPA has said that they are concerned about all of them. Um, and so, you know, we're going to see that uh, that, you know, progression, right? You know, a couple uh, chemicals at a time uh, keep getting regulated. There's also a big push to deal with climate pollution in Washington to capture carbon from the air and then sequester it underground. Um, 
This is a fantastic idea if it's done right, but if it's done poorly, it can poison the drinking water for millions of Americans. So we really need to make sure that we're doing it in the right way and that we have the you know, safeguards in place to make sure to make sure that we're all safe. And then, you know, finally, I said this before, but I think we're going to see a real push to extend the infrastructure funding and the bipartisan infrastructure law. The bill was passed, um, you know, as I said, about a year and a half ago. That means we are reaching the end of its funding in three and a half short years. Um, that is not a lot of time in Washington at all. Um, you know, there, the, uh, you know, sort of the rule of thumb in Washington is that uh, a bill takes about seven years to get passed and we only have three and a half years. So we got to work really fast. Um, and we also are going to see, need, uh, see the need to tweak some of the funding mechanisms that were in the law over the next couple of years to make sure that it's getting to the communities that need it most. And we're delivering the products and the services that these communities need most. And all of these are opportunities for WQA and your members. So really exciting time in Washington. There's a lot, a lot going on. And let me just ask uh, as a final question, what do you hope that the attendees at the keynote session walk away with after hearing you speak? Yeah, well, I mean, we talked about this being Waters moment, but only if we are able to seize this moment. And that's what I really want people to take away from my session. Concrete things that people can do to actually, that are actually going to make a difference. So I want to talk uh, to people about the what, why, and how to influence Washington and how WQA members can get involved in all that the association is doing on behalf of the industry. I hope at the end of my talk that people are fired up and ready to go and that they're, you know, excited to, uh, you know, participate in democracy. That's what this is all about. Um, and really make a difference in the world because that's what you guys are doing. So we're, I'm very excited. Yeah, I can feel it already. May, this is going to be great. It's it's absolutely going to be fantastic. May Stevens from Banner Public Affairs, the WQA keynote speaker at the upcoming WQA convention and exposition. You will not want to miss it. And again, uh, as May and I were discussing earlier, just go on over to WQA.org slash convention. You'll see all the information there about how to register, get signed up. If you haven't yet, it is time to do so. And uh See May and, uh, and and listen to May and and uh, and catch the catch the momentum that we are uh, really fired up about for the industry moving forward. May, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. This is really fun. I can't wait to see you in Vegas. And now our motivational minute. Here's a question that's always good to ponder. Do your customers need you? Do they really need you? If your company did not exist, what would they do? Where would they go? What problem of theirs doesn't get solved or fixed? You can continue to slice and dice that line of questions, but it all comes back to what we offer the customer. And are we making their world just a little bit better? I remember talking to the owner of a radio station many years ago, and this stuck with me. He said his radio station existed not to provide information, not to give news and weather, not to entertain, even though it did all of those things. He said his station existed so that the cash registers in the local merchants' stores would ring more often. Think about that. As you think about what you do and, and why you do it, and does your customer understand that? And now our WQA tip. 
you've probably heard the expression, it's time to start working on your business, not just in your business. Well, how do you do that? How do you really take time out, take time to step aside and look at what you're doing to get better, to improve your business, to improve your bottom line, to improve your, uh, your productivity? Well, you do it by things like the WQA Business Boot Camp. And we're excited because boot camp is again going to take place one day before the WQA convention and exposition. April 17th, 2023, that's a full day WQA business boot camp intensive training, primarily for dealers, but really we, we welcome everybody. Uh, join us in Las Vegas. Again, one day before the WQA convention begins, Go to wqa.org slash convention to see more about the convention and be ready to join us for WQA Business Bootcamp. We look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening to WQA Radio, a podcast of the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Remember, you can subscribe to WQA Radio on most popular podcast apps. Learn more about water at wqa.org and, of course, learn about WQA product certification, professional certification, and how you can become a member at wqa.org. This is Wes Bleed. So long from WQA Radio.